Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet within 
envious eyes. Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, the montages, and my books, all ways in which you can support the show yourself and the network the fringe fm and don't forget to visit the fringe.fm and check out the applications for listening the fringe fm app which is available for the apple store and the google play store for free to download that's the fringe fm app tonight is inoculation one shot two shot three shot more some of you might have seen this some of you might not have seen this I live in the state of New York, and I was unaware of this until I happened to come across a larger version of this story that went into more details. But in the state of New York, the state bar has passed a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination, quote, recommendation. It's a recommendation, but it's really a mandatory COVID-19 vaccine that you will get regardless of whether you have a medical exemption, a philosophical exemption, or a religious exemption. And these have already been stripped away in the state of New York in the last couple of years. Yet they are moving to make vaccines mandatory here in New York. And if this is done in New York, it will likely be done in every other state as well. And it might take perhaps many years, but this is the first step, a major blow to many people who are opposed to getting vaccinated. Of course, both mainstream and other forms of media and people that you meet in your daily life, maybe someone you know is a nurse or someone you know is in the medical field. I mean, they could be a phlebotomist, but anybody who has, like, they've ever worn, like, a rubber glove and they've ever used, like, a popsicle stick, you know, even when they were a kid. And if maybe they maybe they could work in the administration department of the hospital. They do nothing medical-related except go through papers. You always get that same response. Well, I work at a hospital, so I know. I, I have nurse friends, and my nurse friends told me, you're wrong. Well, can I meet your nurse friends? Can I have a conversation with them? Can I speak with your nurse friends? What part of the hospital do you work in? Uh, janitorial. But you work at a hospital, right? Well, see, the experts have cleared the vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine that's supposed to be safe and effective, despite the fact that dozens of people have died from it already. And uh, not just COVID-19, but flu vaccines in Singapore were halted after 48 people died in South Korea, I guess, where they were testing them. 
A coronavirus vaccine volunteer in Brazil's AstraZeneca trial died a couple of weeks ago. But the authorities say it will continue. That's a CNN health news article. And then another story from Newsweek. South Korea resumes flu shots as deaths following vaccination rise to 59. So they went from 48 initially to 59. And that's the last time I saw a report back on the 26th of October. And that's just for the flu. Uh, People have already died in the COVID-19 vaccine trial. People have been made sick. And there's quite a bit of legitimate conspiratorial theorizing or just simple theorizing about a COVID-19 vaccination. Some people are like, no, it's it's an RNA vaccine that's going to change your DNA. Okay, I've heard a little bit about this. I've read a little bit about it. But where exactly is this information coming from? I want to know where it's coming from. Just like I want to know if you work at a hospital, where do you work in the hospital? And just use, use that as a theme, right, an idea of what that, that bias is and, and, and what the ego is and, and what the perception is that if you work in or with or know someone, there's that prestige there that if you know a doctor, then obviously if that doctor says something, that must be true. And in very, very few cases, you find the opposite of that, at least few in terms of how well-known they are. But there are many nurses and doctors who say the opposite. Look at the dozens of doctors that have been banned on social media, or they've been banned by the mainstream and by social media, from talking about everything from coronavirus treatments or cures, whatever word you want to apply which best fits the situation, or even to talking about things which I think are extremely toxic and poisonous, like hydroxychloroquine, they weren't allowed to talk about any of that. I mean, isn't science supposed to be like an open dialogue, an open conversation? But no, those scientists don't count because they don't believe what you believe. And if they don't believe what you believe, it must be untrue. And to be fair, to be balanced, to be objective, it goes the same way. There are many people who don't believe that vaccinations are beneficial and they'll believe anything that they read online and they won't converse with you unless you believe what they believe. So it's not so much a problem of one group, one category or another. It's a problem of one ego. I'm right and my group is right and the collective hive of my group can't be wrong because we're fighting to keep people safe by getting everybody vaccinated, and if you don't do it, then you want other people to be sick, or we're fighting to keep other people from getting sick from the vaccine, and if you want the vaccine, you're trying to make us sick. You see how it's a very similar but polar and contrast mindset or ideology. And you typically have, you know, you have ideologues that are very well known, and whether or not you agree with these people, whether they're pro or anti something, there are many things that that I might listen to someone who is, let's call them pro-vaccine, and I might say, well, I agree with that. And there are many things that I might listen to someone who is, well, they're so-called anti-vaccine, and I might say, oh, well, I agree with that too. But I might look at both of them and say, well, I disagree with 
that and I disagree with that. And, and this is my point. In order to have understanding, like to really truly understand something, to stand underneath of it, and, and, and to try and comprehend what's happening, you have to be able to see both and other points of view and be open to have a dialogue about those subjects. Now, I'm not telling some of you anything that you don't already know. I mean, this is very elementary for some people. However, some need to hear this for the first time. And we often forget that, those of you, and myself included, who are immersed in learning about this type of thing. Except we often make a mistake in talking and using language like this where I say this type of thing. I mean, this isn't really a type of thing in the sense that it's like some niche area of specialty. When I have the UK's chief of defense, general, I mean, when I have very, very high-level people within the World Health Organization, or I have people that are working within the medical industry, and all of these, you know, these people are saying some of the same things like, well, vaccines are not necessarily that safe, and they're actually quite dangerous, and we're not exactly 100%. We're not really sure if these things are safe. Like, I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but I'll play it for you here in just a moment. One of the chief scientists at the World Health Organization just a couple of months ago, really, just a few months ago, it really wasn't that long ago, was talking about how vaccinations are, and they know, are hurting people and that these vaccinations, they are quite certain, have caused large numbers of, uh, of deaths and that there really aren't safety precautions in, in place to protect people. And again, it's not, you know, my opinion. It is a, it is a fact. This is Dr. Soumya Swaminathan, the chief scientist of the World Health Organization's Global uh, Safety Summit, which I believe was last December in Geneva, Switzerland. And this is what she had to say, among other things, but this is what she had to say about vaccines. Putting in place the mechanisms, whether they're cohort studies or whether they're sentinel surveillance sites, to be able to, uh, to monitor uh, what's going on and report back and then for corrective action to be taken because unexpected things could arise uh, after introduction and one always has to be prepared as we've seen you know, in the history of many drugs uh, you've heard about. Of course there are unexpected things that can occur. Uh, you're injecting foreign material into the body. We learned about adverse events only after the drug's been licensed and introduced. And there's another piece of propaganda, adverse events. No, they used to be adverse reactions, and they used to be side effects. Uh, they're not side effects. They're not adverse reactions, and they're not adverse events. Uh, they are the effects of injecting toxic, uh, toxic material 
into the body. It's that simple. It's not a side effect. It's a direct effect. It's not an event. It's just the reaction that your body has to inject in, injecting poison or toxins into it. Into the population. So I think that, that risk is all, all, always there and the population needs to understand that and, and feel confident that mechanisms are being put in place to, to study uh, some of those things. I think we cannot overemphasize the fact that, that we really don't have very good safety uh, monitoring systems in many countries. And this Well, that's funny because I thought, like many of you probably thought, that this was a for sure thing, that they're safe, right? But we don't have many safety measuring mechanisms, uh, precautions in place in, in a lot of countries. We don't have very good safety uh, monitoring systems in many countries, and this adds to the mis- communication and the misapprehensions because we're not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about... Okay, so I thought that it was pretty clear and cut. I thought, take it, it's good, it's safe, don't question it. Here is the chief scientist at the World Health Organization, and she's saying the opposite. Communication and the misapprehensions because we're not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about the deaths that have occurred due to a particular vaccine, and this always gets blown up in the media, uh, one should be able to give uh, a, a very factual account of what exactly has happened and what the cause of deaths are. But in most cases, there's some obfuscation at that level, and, and therefore there's uh, less and less trust then in, in, in the... And there should be less and less trust in a system that kills more people than the things that that system is supposed to prevent or cure kills. The medical establishment, of course, kills more people than those diseases do, and people that the medical establishment don't kill, people kill themselves, not by suicide, but by poor lifestyle choices, and you know, about 40% of all the heart disease and the diabetes, I say this all the time, are preventable, preventable from the start, not to mention that a mass majority of what remains are reversible, these are not normal conditions to be diabetic, to be obese, to be very, very sick all the time. And then when you're really, really sick in the middle of a pandemic, then obviously you're sick with whatever is spreading as a result of, uh, you know, what they call contagion, which is not exactly what you think it is. So in the state of New York, they have the state bar putting together this strongly worded recommendation of a COVID-19 mandatory vaccine. If you type in law.com, New York Law Journal, you can also find it at thesecretteachings.info. The resolution, State Bar Passes Mandatory COVID-19 Vaccination Recommendation. The resolution does not contain... The resolution does contain conditions limiting its scope. Those include that the state government should only consider making vaccines mandatory if voluntary COVID-19 vaccinations fall short of a producing needed levels of population immunity. That an assessment of the health threat to various communities be made so that perhaps the mandate can be targeted. And that a mandate only be considered after there is expert consensus about the vaccine safety and efficiency. Well, I would theorize that, let's say you have a 
a county in the state of New York. I'm just theorizing. That is entirely red. Totally a Donald Trump county. All right? And that county, or, I mean, we could be talking about an entire city, ultimately. Let's say that, uh, let's say that like Albany or Syracuse, I live close to Rochester, so let's say Rochester. Let's say Rochester was a primarily Republican city. You rarely ever find that, but let's say it was a Republican city. Well, the Democratic governor could say, well, these people in Rochester, we have higher rates of transmission, so we're going to lock down the city and we're going to make it mandatory there. That's a very real possibility. I don't care if the Republicans or what they are, but you can use this as a political tool against your opposition. And it says that an assessment of the health threat to various communities be made so that perhaps the mandate can be targeted. Now, that's almost more dangerous than just making it mandatory across the board because then the vaccine distribution would be targeted towards certain individuals and certain groups of people. Here's what it says at law.com. The New York State Bar Association on Saturday passed a resolution urging the state to consider making it mandatory for all New Yorkers to undergo COVID-19 vaccination when a vaccine becomes available, even if people object to it for religious, quote, religious, quote, this is what they're saying, quote, religious, philosophical, or personal reasons. So all it is is a resolution urging the state to make it mandatory. But this is a pretty big step in the direction of making vaccinations mandatory for everybody. And I'll remind you once again that the AstraZeneca trial in Brazil killed one of the vaccine volunteers. In South Korea, where there were tests for flu shots, at least 59 people had died from those flu shots as of October 26th, 2020. That's according to Newsweek. So you get sick and you die. It's because of the vaccine, not because of the disease. See, an inoculation, if you look at the origin of the word, a vaccination and inoculation, we have to kind of break these words down so we can understand what they mean exactly. Inoculations, vaccinations, they're supposed to protect us from, you know, viruses so that our body builds up an immunity, and when we're exposed to the real thing, having been exposed prior to a lower dose, that our body can fight and kill. That's the theory, and it's erroneous because the virus isn't supposed to be alive anyway, so I don't know how the body's killing it. Maybe it's getting rid of it. It's an arguable, debatable subject. But then when you fight the real thing, just like you practice you know, for sports and then you go play the real game, a little more intense, Practice isn't like that, but you prepared for those things. And so your body goes to the big game. It fights the big enemy in this virus, or could be something else, but it fights this virus. And then because you had that vaccine, your body has been amplified in strength, and it's ready to fight these viruses, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Well, the early writing that you find on the term virus actually comes from the Latin meaning, quote, slimy liquid poison, noxious substance, end quote. It can also be defined as an infective agent 
that typically consists of a nucleic acid molecule and a protein coat is too small to be seen by light microscopy and is able to multiply only within the living cells of a host. That's the definition of a virus today. But the original definition was liquid poison or a noxious substance. Now, I don't know if you understand what that implies. It implies that the original definition of the word meant a virus. When you had a virus, you had been poisoned by something. That's what it meant. And so if you had pox and those pox marks were opened up, the slimy liquid comes out. And when you rub that slimy liquid, what essentially in this case, this definition would be a virus, into the open wounds that were made on another person for inoculation, they would cut little marks into the skin, then you were transferring a virus to the other person. So the virus was transmitted through the opening of the pox, the taking of the slimy liquid substance and the rubbing it into the open wound of another person. That's how they proved viral transmission. Now the word has changed to mean something else. And we'll look at that when we come back from break because it's vitally, critically important to understand where the mandatory vaccine subject comes into play, especially if the basis of disease theory is incorrect. And this is just from a dictionary. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to support the show, get access to our archive, the montages. Grab a copy of one of my books. It supports us more than you know, and it supports the network more than you know. We're ranked number three on the Paranormal Radio app. It's because of listeners like you who stick with us, who donate and support the show. I've got a really badass mixing board now called the Roadcaster. Saved up for this thing couple hundred dollars and it's because of listeners like you i'm not saying that to kiss your ass it really is it supports the show the network and yourself again i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and stay with us there's more after this you don't want to miss what's coming up next on the secret teachings Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, Sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books. 
and the ever-growing Montage Archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with lighting the void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. out there and so are we ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm the secret teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative between the official story and clickbait conspiracy it lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM, thefringe.fm, and www.thesecretteachings.info. No, I really appreciate being on your show, and you ask great questions and have a dialogue, and not every show does that. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us. My website is lindagodfrey.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is Howard Kautz. My website is www.timeloopsolution.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings radio program with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, 
which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. So most of you are probably used to hearing the word vaccine, whether you're pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, or you're more like me and you like to look at things on a case-by-case basis and not jump to subjective conclusions that are predetermined in the mind of the bigoted, egotistical individual who is possessed by an ideology. Inoculation goes back to a time not too long ago in which the process of inoculation involved something called a slimy liquid. In other words, a vaccination is supposed to be about transferring material into the body, a virus that is weakened, as they tell us, and then the body builds up antibodies, it builds up an immunity to it, and then when it comes time to face a real, solid, strong powerful threat, it's already built itself the proper defenses to protect against it. That's the official line of what a vaccine is supposed to do for the body. Sounds like a great idea. So does communal living and everybody eating out of the same pot and everybody using the same tools doesn't work in the end because people innately desire freedom and individuality, not a giant gray blob of collective, possessive, hive mind. If you don't participate, you're shot. So this is an inoculation when you transfer that material to the body, and and that can also be referred to in context with what inoculation originally meant. It can refer to the transmission of a virus from person to person. Now, this doesn't mean that viruses don't exist. When you look at something under a microscope, despite the fact that there are processes involved, especially when you're looking at items that have been cut and dyed and frozen and dried and stained and all kinds of other stuff, it changes the physical properties of whatever it is that you're looking at. But if we were theoretically just grabbing a virus from the body and throwing it under a microscope. I'm not disputing something isn't there. Of course there's something there. What is it is the question, and what is it is and has been what's up kind of for debate. Some people don't even know that it is a debate. But even in mainline science and medicine, it's still a debate. I mean, Scientific America had an article, or Scientific American had an article like, couple of years ago or something, it was either 2014 or 18, I want to say 18, and, and they were even questioning, well, there's a lot of discussion on whether or not viruses are alive or dead. What exactly are viruses? This is 2020. They still don't know. Okay? Even when those articles were published, this is the 21st century, it's, it's still not, like, solidified. 
I mean, you might think it is if you go to school and they teach you this is what happened. But I took like all the advanced placement history classes. They taught me this is what happened. And then I read other history books and I realized, oh, that's not what happened. I'm missing like 99.98% of the rest of the information to give me context. There's a reason why those things happened in history. Let's find out why. Maybe those guys weren't the bad guys. Maybe they weren't the good guys, you know. Early writings, like the original definition of a virus, was a slimy liquid poison or a noxious substance. Today it's called an infective agent. So there are things that we call viruses. Absolutely. The origin of the word is credited in Middle English as denoting the venom of a snake, which you would assume probably is a noxious substance. In other words, it's poison. Now, the dictionary also says this about a virus in context with it being a poisonous substance rather than a particle. This is what the dictionary says. The earlier medical sense, superseded by the current use as a result of improved scientific understanding, that's what they call improved scientific understanding, was a substance produced in the body as the result of disease, especially one capable of infecting others. Now, this is really interesting. A substance produced in the body as a result of disease, not the underlying cause of the disease. So, yes, you get sick. There are diseases. There are symptoms that are turned into symptom complexes. And there are viruses. In other words, the virus didn't cause the disease. It was produced as a result thereof because you were poisoned. And so what would happen is when you had smallpox, for example, you get these pussy little pustulates, sores on your body. And when they open up, pus comes out. You know, that thick, yellowish, opaque liquid. You know what pus is. And so inoculation once involved extracting pus from sores on the skin of people with smallpox. And then other people would have their skin in a few places kind of scratched very deep with a device so that it would just, you know, when you just scratch yourself where it kind of almost bleeds, or you do get to that point, but it's a fine little needle, so you don't really bleed, but you can kind of see the blood there. The oxygen hits it, it turns a little red, maybe a tiny bit comes out. So they would do that, and then they would rub the pus into that part of the body. And when they would do that, what exactly is happening? Well, they were transferring a slimy, liquid, poisonous, foreign, noxious substance into an open wound. This slimy, foreign, toxic, noxious substance was called virus. So they transferred, they transmitted the virus, into another person. In other words, it was infectious. So it was infected, but it was not infected because of an invading foreign material that caused the formation of pustulates, more so in the sense it wasn't a little floating virus that came along and got in the body. It was because you transferred that poison, just like if you eat feces, just like if you 
eat contaminated food or poison, drink poison water or some other poison, poison beverage, your body's going to react. Like It's very well documented when people are very stressed. And of course, if there are toxins and chemicals and things like that in the air, you get skin outbreaks and irritation. And it's well documented that eczema and asthma are linked to each other. Breathing and also the skin. And it's well documented that not just, you know, bumps and sores, but, you know, skin rashes. I mean, I have gotten to the point where when I feel myself getting stressed, I used to think it was because I would indulge in like a bag of chips here or there. But no, it's not because of indulging in a bag of chips or having like a, a cacao chocolate bar, which is nothing with some banana ice cream I make at home. I used to think that's why, or maybe I ate too much sugar today. And I realized it was the stress of that that would give me like little bumps on my head or on I'd get like a rash on my arm. Now, I mean, I have dry skin. It's always been like that. But those very severe rashes, all that stuff went away. The last time I had a rash, I had dermatitis. Do you know why I had dermatitis? Some of you might remember. It was because I was exposed to alkyl dimethyl benzium ammonium chloride, which is extremely toxic to the body. It targets the mucous membranes, your nose and your eyes. It's poisonous and it's detrimental to the lungs when it's aerosolized and breathed in. And this is the substance that has been sprayed and wiped and inhaled and exhaled by people all over the United States, and I imagine the world, it's one of the popular chemicals being used, which also causes dermatitis, to fight against coronavirus. I have an entire file on it here in my little filing box next to my desk, one of my filing boxes. It's, I've done a show on it. It's a, just unbelievable because the symptoms of exposure to this are the symptoms of COVID-19. So basically, you're taking matter from the pus sore of another person, the pustle, and you're rubbing it into another person. This was inoculation. Inoculation today is different, and so is transmission by viral particle. Now, if you go to the Internet and you go to our website, you can find a link to this story. If not, just type in state bar passes mandatory COVID-19 vaccination recommendation. And that's the New York Law Journal from law.com, law.com forward slash New York Law Journal. This was published November 7th, just a few days ago. It's a resolution passed by the New York State Bar Association urging the state to consider making it mandatory for all New Yorkers to undergo COVID-19 vaccination when a vaccine becomes available, even if people object to it for, quote, religious, philosophical, or personal reasons. Now, in the state of New York, they have pretty much obliterated those options for opting out of a vaccination. And, of course, the reason that it's made semi-mandatory with loopholes is because since you can't legally force people to do it, you just opt everybody into it, and then the people that have you know the wherewithal 
make the decision that they're going to put in a little bit of effort and they're going to find a way to get out of it. But if you strip away those loopholes, then it's, again, taking down the scaffolding and you're left with this tyrannical medical tyranny. And that is what it looks like might happen here in New York first, and that is a mandatory vaccine. Now, I'm not afraid of this at the moment, but it is a little bit nerve-wracking to think that at some point there might not be a choice. And the, the thing about this that is, that is maybe a little more comforting is that even although it's been made very political like masks, even though it's been made very political, the subject of vaccines, like if you're a Republican, you probably don't want to take it, but if you're a Democrat, you'll take one. Well, as far as I know, as far as I can tell, I mean, there are many people that of all topics, of all subjects, cross over political barriers when it comes to vaccines. I mean, there are some very radical people that I know of. Like, they're not friends of mine, but I, I know of them or interact with them on occasion. Highly radicalized, like Marxist radicalized. And they're even thinking, uh, yeah, I'm not taking that vaccine. Now, the mass majority of people who say that are going to eventually acquiesce if it was made mandatory anyway. However, with so many people saying that without question, I imagine, I hope, that what's going to happen is that there will be such a great pushback that this will make it to the Supreme Court very rapidly, and it will be, whether it's in the New York Supreme Court, New York State Supreme Court, or the federal Supreme Court, that this will not be allowed. And in fact, there's a very good chance that if it's tested in one or two states, it will not be allowed there, and it will probably not be rolled out. So there will have to be some form of wording used to make it seem like you have no choice in getting this vaccine and to scare people into just participating and acquiescing. I've told this story before, so I'll keep it very brief, but when my son was born, we go to the uh, hospital here in Rochester, and I had already planned that there was going to be no hepatitis B vaccine and there was going to be no vitamin K. And I want you to just think about what I said for a moment. A father who doesn't want his son to get hepatitis B vaccine. What does that imply? It implies, well, I must want my son to get hepatitis. I don't want my son to get the vitamin K shot. Well, that must mean I don't want my son to have vitamin K. I'm going to tell you now how you work around this word magic. I don't want my son to get the hepatitis B vaccine because the vaccine is worthless based on the information that is available. It does nothing but harm people, and the ingredients in it are dangerous. But beyond that, there are state exemptions so that you do not have to take the vaccine. They know they can't make it mandatory, so they allow for massive loopholes and exemptions to get out of it. So if there's ever someone who sues the state or sues the hospital, well, they didn't force you to do it. 
You just didn't tell them no. For the vitamin K, maybe I don't want my son to have vitamin K. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe there are other ingredients in vitamin K. Maybe there are ingredients like benzyl alcohol, which according to the Centers for Disease Control back at least 35 to 45 years ago, I think it was sometime in the 80s, they knew full well that benzyl alcohol killed, and this was specifically in the headline of the archive on the CDC's website, it killed infants when they were exposed to it. I don't want my son getting the vaccine for vitamin K because it's not a vaccine. They don't call it a vaccine, so you can't, quote-unquote, opt out of it. There's another wording loophole. And you can also use that loophole to say, well, you can't force me to take that. And when they tell you, for example, well, there's a law or this or that, you say, well, where is it? Show me. Show me. And I had to go through this process, and I had to explain to them. I said, I have the law, and it says in the law that this was, this was based on uh, research that was done at the University of Albany, I believe it was. And if you go to the University of Albany, I believe that was the university, you look this up, you find that the conclusion in their report was that vitamin K and having vitamin K added at birth to the baby was not evidenced to prevent brain bleed or brain trauma. And that brings us to the end of the reasoning why they say babies will have brain trauma and brain bleeding if they don't get the vitamin K. It's a lot of minutia here. How this works is when a baby is born naturally or even when a baby is born you know, through uh, C-section, there isn't a lot of direct uh, trauma to the baby. As so mu- I mean, I guess there is in a sense, but not so much as there is to the mother because they have to cut the stomach open or the, the lower uh, part of the stomach open or what we call stomach, but like the abdomen. We have to cut that part of the, of the body open and pull the baby out. If the baby comes out easily, then there's no trauma. So the baby's not subjected to anything that's going to damage the brain and cause bleeding. However, when a baby is pulled out with some type of device or instrument or suction, I don't mean abortion, I mean like suction devices, and they rip the baby out, yeah, that'll cause some brain injury. Giving them vitamin K isn't going to stop it, and the reason they give them vitamin K is because vitamin K is it coagulates the blood. And the reason the baby doesn't have the vitamin K when they're born is because if they had it, their mom, the mother, the woman, wouldn't be able to carry the child. The blood would have coagulated. There wouldn't be a free flow of fluids. This is what Mother Nature decided. All right? And some bureaucrat, some vaccine pusher, thinks that they know better than Mother Nature. So it goes and it concludes like this. Yeah, vitamin K is necessary. They'll get it, but they don't need it right away unless they're traumatized. And how are they traumatized? Well, through the rapid birthing process and through 
the cutting of the umbilical cord virtually the second the thing pops out of the mom. And the third way is circumcision, which for about 75% of boys, that happens. Those are the reasons babies are bleeding at birth. Those are man-made problems. Get rid of those problems. You don't need the vitamin K shot. You know, it's like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's, where Charlie, or Charlie Day, but Charlie is talking to, he's talking to D, his friend, and, and he's telling her about all these things he has to do to go to sleep at night. He's, he's eating cat food and he's drinking beer and huffing glue. She's like, Charlie, these are not real problems. You made all this up. He's like, no, I have to do this because, you know, I have like 10,000 cats howling outside my, my, my apartment every night. She's like, she's like you got 10,000 cats cats outside because you've got cat food all over the place inside he's like i've got ten thousand cats outside because i have a hundred thousand rats in the building (laughs) but these are not real problems they create these problems and it's not a conspiracy it's just negligent it's negligent i've read all the medical literature i've read through every single thing that's available that i've been able to find on vitamin k and it's a great example a great example of why a mandatory vaccine even if it is made mandatory is not going to be something that is probably going to be held up in the way that a lot of people think because there are going to be these loopholes. I think that it's sometimes hard to understand for some that are not educated on the subject. We don't live in a banana republic. We don't live in a third world country. We don't live here in the United States in some communist, socialist, authoritarian state. It might seem like an oligarchy or a plutocracy sometimes. Sometimes it might seem like a dictatorship. But here in the United States, we have a constitutional republic, and the rule of law should be preserved before anything, including democracy, because the rule of law guarantees a democratic process. And it's because people don't understand these basic fundamentals, which are real simple, You don't get to take my right to defend myself, and you do not get to take my right to speak freely. It's pretty simple. If you understood that, you can apply this to all the other things that we see. We have to have the mandatory vaccines. People are going to get sick. They're going to get sick. Why are they getting sick? Well, here's a CNN article we covered a few months ago, and this will be uh, an excellent article to take us into the second hour. U.S. obesity epidemic could undermine effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccination. Well, that right there just obliterates vaccine theory, does it not? It's supposed to prevent, the, prevent you from getting sick by introducing you to whatever the substance is, the virus. So if it doesn't work on fat people, um, are we going to do something to the fat people to make them less fat so that it works, give them multiple doses. What exactly is going to happen if that's what they're saying? If Literally, if fat people get the vaccine, it's not going to work. So if fat people getting the vaccine, it's not going to work, then should we just give it to people who are like in shape? That doesn't really make any sense. Why is it not working on these people? Well, because they're still going to be sick because they're obese and because their body, their joints, their organs are taxed to the limit in some cases. That's why they're sick, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why a vaccine won't work. That alone demonstrates the erroneous nature of vaccines, inoculation, etc., plus the history of inoculation, 
and what those words mean, what the word virus means. But rather than, let's say, giving people accurate information, Yale University has come up with a number of vaccine messages to manipulate people into getting vaccines. And where they can't manipulate you, here in the state of New York, the state bar passed a resolution to urge the state to make it mandatory for everybody to undergo a COVID-19 vaccine. What I'm giving you tonight is practical information, and you can use this to empower yourself and share this with others. We're going to expand on it tonight here on The Secret Teachings right after this top-of-the-hour break. This is The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. And check out the website for my books. My book, Food Philosophy, covers a lot of this. It's on the website, foodphilosophy at thesecretteachings.info. Don't forget to subscribe to the archive and the montages. And don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. listening to the secret teachings to contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations email rdgable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info you could listen to this and that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. Since I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now. So I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, 
Black Goo and Packs Made with the Devil in the Music and Entertainment Industry have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with lighting the void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are The Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie from the Rogie Report News, and I literally sift through hundreds of articles a week to bring you the best in Fringe news. Check out the Rogie Report News here on The Fringe FM. You can't handle the truth! Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, where the normal and paranormal collide. It's the Fringe FM. Freedom is the privilege to be right. On The Secret Teachings, we use history and anthropology, magic and esotericism, and even a little bit of nutrition and comedy mixed with some great guests to examine our world and beyond. For 10 years, we've used occultism and symbols to bring you a unique and objective look at the past, present, and future. Join us by tuning in Monday through Friday to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, exclusively new right here on The Fringe FM, www.thesecretteachings.info. Yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So uh, been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2 musicaltruthbook.com online and you're listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable hey there this is greg carlwood of the higher side chats helping people navigate the rough waters of the vast conspiracy at thehiresidechats.com and you're listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable well this is david parker one of the authors of what really makes you ill why everything you think you knew about disease is wrong I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here.
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. You can find us right here on The Fringe Monday through Friday at the same time each night. Check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, for our archive, the montages, and my digital books. You get access to all three when you subscribe. Or you can go check out the books, autographed, softcover copies. I've got them here in studio. We send those out all over the world. And the book I'd recommend tonight is Food Philosophy because it also examines disease theory. We talked about that in the first hour, mostly in the second segment. So if you missed it, you want to go into the archive and listen to that particular segment because I summed it up about as well as it could be summed up. And that sets the foundation for this next segment and for the methods by which, because science doesn't work in the sense that people don't trust scientists or they don't trust doctors or they don't trust nurses or they don't trust people that have authority and power that tell them to do things because they have authority and power and vice versa. There are those who only believe in those people who have authority or power. But because enough people don't trust those authorities and because there's no sound scientific evidence when you've got 60-something people, 59, 60-something people, I mean, 59 back in late October, dying from flu vaccines, from the vaccine officially, in South Korea, when you have people dying in Brazil during COVID-19 vaccine trials. And these are public stories, like big international stories, yeah, it raises questions about the safety. And when you have the chief freaking scientist at the World Health Organization telling you that they are uncertain about the efficiency and about the safety of vaccines, then you factor that in with the billions paid out in the vaccine injury liability fund to only a handful, really, of accepted complaints, uh, cases, it should be very clear that there are many reasons why one would not want to get a vaccine for whatever the case is, flu, COVID, etc. And here is the doctor of the World Health Organization, Chief scientist, and we're going to call her Somia S. because I cannot honestly pronounce her last name. But here she is talking about vaccines in Switzerland at, I believe it was the, uh, it was a vaccine summit. This was last December, the vaccine safety summit. We'll play this, and then I want to share with you why, since none of this works, there are other methods employed, and I'll tell you what those other methods are that are being employed and have been employed and will continue to be employed to get you to accept something that otherwise no one could get you to do 
even with you know intimidation and force, there are ways to get you to coerce, uh, to be coercively persuaded to acquiesce anyway. Putting in place the mechanisms, whether they're cohort studies or whether they're sentinel surveillance sites, to be able to uh, to monitor uh, what's going on and report back, and then for corrective action to be taken because unexpected things could arise uh, after introduction, and one always has to be prepared. As we've seen, you know, in the history of many drugs, uh, you've heard about, I mean, learned about adverse events only after the drugs being licensed and introduced into the population. So I think that, that risk is all, all, always there, and the population needs to understand that and, and feel confident that mechanisms are being put in place to, to study uh, some of those things. I think we cannot overemphasize the fact that that we really don't have very good safety uh, monitoring systems in many countries, and this adds to the miscommunication and the misapprehensions because we're not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about the deaths that. So they don't have clear-cut safety mechanisms in most countries. She just—you can watch the whole thing if you can find a copy of it. Still, this is the chief scientist at the World Health Organization saying that. Yeah, we know vaccines are killing people. We know that they're not safe. But yet they just keep telling the public that they're safe. They, they keep telling people, trust in science, trust in science, trust in science, trust in science. Well, if science was so trustworthy, which science, I think, ultimately is, it's the scientists who are not trustworthy, the special interests that are not trustworthy, and the inability or the unwillingness of the general public to say, this is not an argument between pro and anti anything. Stop making it an argument between pro and anti. It's an argument between case-by-case individual situations that we will address objectively, and then we will determine as free sovereign individuals whether or not we will take what you are offering us, which is ultimately all that it is. It's an offer. Even in the state of New York, The state bar passes a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination resolution recommending that the state makes it mandatory for everybody to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Under federal law, this will not uphold even if the state passes that. I mean, I imagine the state Supreme Court would strike this down for the state of New York. However, if it does become law, and there's a difference between what is lawful and what is legal, then two things happen. One, when you are being assaulted, you have an unalienable right to defend yourself. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what your hack doctor says. These are deadly weapons, weapons of force that are being employed on you and your children and your family and your friends. The other thing that happens is there will be loopholes to get you out of it. Because they know that it's illegal. And I imagine that these people, because they're lawyers who write this, know that if they do violate federal law, or even state law for that matter, their ass goes to jail for a very, very long time if they're put on trial. So they make sure that they put a little escape hatch into these bills and laws and whatnot. Because if someone actually has the balls and the money and the know-how to sue these people and to sue the state, well, all the state has to do is say, well, it's mandatory, but there are ways to get out of it. That's why they leave the loopholes. In the meantime, they tell us to trust in science. 
trust in science. Just trust that science is, is good. Because a vaccination is backed by science. If one doesn't get vaccinated, that means that one doesn't understand how infections are spread or who ignores science. What I just read to you, those two sentences, that wasn't me speaking. That is Yale University. Vaccination is backed by science. If one doesn't get vaccinated, that means that one doesn't understand how infections are spread or who ignores science. Well, I can tell you how infections are spread. Uh, They used to take the pus out of a pustulate of someone who had smallpox, which was defined, the pus was, as obviously a foreign substance to any other person, and it was a noxious, poisonous substance, and they would rub it into open wounds on other people to inoculate them. This is where inoculation originally came from, and they said the virus was transmitted. Well, that's because a virus was defined at the time as a noxious substance. And so the body would try to get rid of it. That's why you get the pustulates, because your body's trying to get rid of something. Or when you irritate your body, you get stressed out, your body becomes inflamed. You get rashes and bumps and welts. Your mind's essentially having and body's having an allergic reaction to stress, in a sense. But Yale University thinks that you're so dumb... And they're so prestigious there at Yale University with uh, skull and crossbones. Remember that? We don't hear a lot about that anymore. That they get to dictate to you what you do in your life. And so they make it publicly known what they're doing. If you go to clinicaltrials.gov from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, COVID-19 vaccine messaging part one. The safety and scientific validity of this study is the responsibility of the study sponsor and investigators. Although it has not been evaluated by the United States federal government. But this is Yale University, and here's what Yale University says to do. The study tests different messages about vaccinating against COVID-19 once the vaccine becomes available. Participants are randomized to one of 12 arms with one control arm and one baseline arm. We will compare the reported willingness to get a COVID-19 vaccine at three and six months of it becoming available between the 10 intervention arms to the two control arms. And here's how they do it. Through intervention and treatment. Now, I'm a logical person. I'm a reasonable person. If you bring me Don Lester and David Parker's massive, enormous, 35-pound, giant textbook with every piece of medical literature that you ever need to read to really become an expert in nutrition and health. If you bring me that book and you show it to me and I sit down and read the whole damn thing like I did, A lot of you might think I'm an expert in health and nutrition, but I learned a lot of stuff in that book. I feel like an expert now after I read that thing. But you read that book, or any book like it, and you start to realize, oh, even the science that's settled is not so settled, even according to the scientists who settled it. And so if you showed me that, I can see evidence of something and I might change my mind or I might obtain a new perspective. But for a lot of people, they refuse to do that. For others, 
it doesn't matter because information is irrelevant. They will do what authority tells them to do, even if it's contradictory, even if it's trivial. So since a lot of people will say, I'm not going to participate, I'm not going to do this, I do not trust you, well, since they can't produce the evidence to show us that it's actually safe, and we have the World Health Organization chief scientist saying that they're not safe, vaccines in general are not safe, and especially a rushed vaccine funded by a, 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 a eugenicist, Bill, uh, Bill Gates, uh, that's suspicious. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's I'm not not participating. And I was I was actually uh, I was thinking thinking this today, like seriously, uh, this is the end of the road for me. Uh, really, it's the end of the road. If someone comes to my door with a gun and with someone in a uh, white lab coat with a needle, uh, I'm going out, and that's it. By going out, I mean I will not get the shot, and I will be dead. They will shoot me, and I will be dead, because I am not participating. And that's, I guarantee you, if that ever comes to fruition, that is what they are counting on. Just like they're counting on Trump winning the actual presidential election with the states that they reversed now, and having Biden already put into a position of power in the minds of the people, they will say Trump stole the election and there will be massive rioting. And it's all about perception management in this case. But I'm not getting a, I'm not getting the shot. A lot of people agree with me and they're not going to participate. I'm digressing. The point is, Yale University says if you can't get people to participate, here's what you do. You intervene using these methods. You use the method of control. The control message which just gives you the basic information about whatever it is that you're talking about. Same standard stuff that most people would, 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 would be aware of. But that's the control group in the study. The first message is the baseline message. Just about the effectiveness and safety of vaccines. Not, not by providing proof, but just by telling them. They're safe and effective. So that's what you do. That's the baseline. That's what they tell everybody. They're safe and effective. And if you don't believe them, then they say we must go on to another method of control. Personal freedom message, which is about how COVID-19 is limiting people's personal freedom. And by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its personal freedom. That sounds like you stole something from me and then you put a gun to my head. And you stole some more, and then you injected poison into me, and then you stole some more. And you told me that if I want my stuff back, I have to pay you. F you. So they take away your personal freedom that they always claim is not being taken away. And then Yale University says, tell people that their personal freedom comes back when they do what we tell them to do. That's what it actually says. And then, if that doesn't work, here's the economic freedom message. COVID-19 is limiting people's economic freedom, and by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its economic freedom. Uh, no, you are preventing people from becoming economically stable. 
you're shutting down businesses illegally, unlawfully. You are telling people they can't leave their houses. That's what's happening. So once again, you take away freedom and take away people's ability to make money and to travel and to go to work and to make friends and to congregate, all of which in the United States, you cannot do this under any circumstances, period. The rule of law must be preserved above all else, and liberty must be preserved above all else, even in a pandemic. Somebody asked me that. You think that the Constitution should be suspended in a pandemic? No, no, it should be preserved and it should be gripped and protected more so than when we're not in a pandemic because this is when it all vaporizes, it vanishes, it disappears, it melts away. Very important right now. So personal freedom, economic freedom, we'll let you go back to work if you get the vaccine. We'll let you go back and have friends if you get the vaccine. But if that doesn't work, you appeal to people's self-interest. COVID-19 presents a real danger to one's health, even if one is young and healthy. So if you're young and healthy there, Timmy, you still want to get this vaccine so you don't kill grandma. Getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the best way to prevent oneself from getting sick. Did they show me any information to prove that? No. Have they tested? They haven't even tested these things really publicly, like in mass. So how do they know if it's the best way to prevent me from getting sick? Because the same people that are manufacturing this stuff are telling us that if you're obese, this is a CNN headline, U.S. obesity epidemic could undermine effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccine. If you're obese, they say it doesn't work. More than 107 million American adults are obese, and their ability to return safely to work, care for their families, and resume daily life could be curtailed if the coronavirus vaccine delivers weak immunity for them. Because it doesn't work. So how do they know if COVID-19 vaccine is the best way to prevent oneself from getting sick? That's ludicrous. But if that doesn't work, community. The more people who get vaccinated against COVID-19, the lower the risk that one's loved ones will get sick. Joke's on you. I don't have any loved ones. <laughs> Society must work together and all get vaccinated. All oh, we can get together and we can sing songs and we can sing praise to Bill Gates and we'll get our vaccines and it'll all be all right. It'll all be over soon, really. Just listen to what they tell you to do. Do what they tell you to do. It'll all be over soon as you kind of like, you just kind of drift off. Eyes closed, things things just get a little blurry. You don't really realize what's going on, and but you're safe from the virus now. Is what's that's what's happening. That's what's transpiring. You're safe now. It's all about grandma. Then, if that doesn't work, then they go hardcore. The best way to protect people in the community is by getting vaccinated, and society must work together to get enough people vaccinated. The study suggests that you ask participants to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and they spread the disease. Well, how do they know they're spreading the disease if they don't even know they have the disease? How do they know they're spreading the disease? If I come into contact with someone who's done nothing but eat cheeseburgers, ice cream, fried chicken, and and jelly beans their entire life, and they're really sick, and manufacturers of vaccines are saying if they're obese, it's not going to do anything, and then you look at me like, I'm going to get you sick? Come on, man. I'm going to get you sick. You made yourself sick. I didn't make you sick. 
You're eating candy at 4.30 in the morning. I'm not making you sick. You're making yourself sick. Don't make this about me. You should feel ashamed. That should be the real message, ashamed. You should feel shame, shame on you. Shame on you for making yourself that sick. Shame on you for blaming someone who's not sick for your illness. Shame. But if that doesn't work, embarrassment. Embarrass people. That's what it says. Embarrass them. Won't you feel embarrassed if you don't get vaccinated and spread the disease? Well, again, asshole, I don't know if I have the disease. All right? So how do I feel guilty or embarrassed if I don't know that I have it? And the next one is the anger message. The best way to protect people from get, is by getting vaccinated and by working together to make sure that enough people get vaccinated. It asks people to imagine the anger they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. Again, I don't have the disease. So how am I spreading it? Yes, it makes me a little bit angry. And then, of course, the main message is uh, you're not brave if you don't do it. Actually, that one is true because if you do do it, you're brave to inject these toxic things into your body. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually a little bit uh, asinine. Uh, it's a little bit, little bit foolish. And it's a little bit irresponsible. But I guess it is kind of brave to know that you could die and to do it anyway. And if all else fails, Yale University says, tell people to trust in science. That's, uh, that's it. Trust in science. Just trust the science. Oh, what, what science? Uh, where the CDC says coronavirus thrives where poverty reigns? Well, that's the same thing where people are obese. That's where people are sick. Oh, do you mean when the CDC expanded their definition of close contact of an individual with COVID-19? Washington Post, October 21st, 2020, where the CDC said, said close contact is someone who spends 15 consecutive minutes within six feet of someone confirmed to have the virus. And now they've updated that to say you don't spend this amount of time, 15 minutes or more in a 24-hour period within six feet of an infected individual. Or, or do you mean when the Centers for Disease Control reversed their COVID-19 guidance where if you come into contact with someone who is sick, for sure, you still don't need to be tested. Uh, or are you talking about the one where the coronavirus test is positive, but it's not really positive because they are amplifying the PCR test from like 32 to 35 to like 50 cycles? Or are you talking about when the CDC published 94% of COVID-19 deaths had underlying medical conditions? Or when the CDC reversed itself and says guidelines that posted on coronavirus airborne transmission were wrong and that that was a technical error, a glitch? So which science are we talking about here? Are we talking about the science where the Centers for Disease Control says they have no virus isolates? And that's from the CDC's website. And someone sent me a message when they commented on it. They said the comments were disabled. And they told me that they got a notification, they sent me the video, they got a notification that they were spreading false information. Uh, it came from the CDC's website. But it's like, for more information, check out what the cat from Snopes is doing. For more information, check out what Bill Gates says. Uh, Bill Gates is not my leader. And I do believe that science is a good thing. But I don't trust those who use it as a political or other tool for social, cultural, and political control. Nor do I like when people use other people's illnesses to guilt and to shame and to manipulate 
people into doing what they tell them to do. All of this is built and predicated on the individual not being an individual, not being confident, not being mature, and taking a stance, being responsible and saying, no, I'm not going to do what you say. I do not acquiesce. I do not participate. I do not consent. And when you have that authority, even if you don't know what you're talking about, it's powerful. But when you know what you're talking about, when you know the things that I've explained to you tonight, nobody can compete with what you're saying except to call you names and build a straw man out of you to attack you and tear you down. They're paper tigers. Burn them. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. 
And then they, the Democrats, go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on the Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? That horse this shit that eating healthy is expensive. It isn't. Go to a fucking supermarket. They're throwing the vegetables at you. There's celery. Get it the fuck out of here. 70 cents, 25 cents for a banana, whatever the fuck you want. Get it out of here before it goes bad. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. When a long train of abuses, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Listen to The Secret Teachings five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, the New York Times bestselling author of Crossfire, Rule by Secrecy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, and my latest one, Our Occulted History. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Aware and alert, but actually doing something instead of complaining and ranting and raving and go have a beer and forget about it. You're actually, as a young man, doing something. And that is not only admirable, but uh, but it's, it's, it's great to know that there are some young people in America who do have a good mind and are actually seeing what's going on and doing something about it. And that's why I'd uh, be delighted to come on your show anytime. You call me and I'll be there. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Freddie Silva, author of First Templar Nation, and my website is www.invisibletemple.com. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio with your host, Ryan Gable.
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. So the State Bar of New York has passed a mandatory vaccine recommendation slash resolution hoping that the legislature makes it mandatory. We've looked at this tonight as well as looking at the origin of the word inoculation, what that means, where it comes from, and the erroneous nature about viral contagion. And all of this is documented not just in simple dictionary text, but in the medical literature. And a lot of it is just simply a matter of perception control and predetermining what words mean and what they imply despite the fact that they don't actually mean what they imply. The word requirement is a word that simply means recommendation. It's not something that can be forced or enforced by a court. That is a mandate. Mandates are different, but mandates from an executive authority still have to abide by federal law. And if you have a federal law that prevents you know, people from forcing others to do things that are harmful, then you can't enforce it, at least here in the United States. Now, in other places, like the United Kingdom, this is a Huffington Post article, workplaces could bar anti-vaxxers if they refuse COVID jab, Tory MP says. And see, this is what they always do. If you don't get the vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer. Okay, Um, there are a lot of reasons why I'm not going to get it. And there are a lot of reasons that I don't do a lot of things in my life. I don't ride motorcycles, but I'm not anti-motorcycle. I don't particularly like to uh, climb up really high, you know, like a high building or a never really climbed a tree, but climbed a mountain before, not like with my bare hands, but I've hiked a mountain. I mean, I don't necessarily like heights, but that doesn't mean I'm anti-height. You know, it's absurd. This is just a simple fallacy is all that it is. It's rhetoric. It's propaganda. These people are paper tigers, and they need to be burned. It doesn't mean kill people. It just means, like, it's a paper tiger, lighted on fire, it goes away. And, of course, this is going to be proposed, and they're going to use this maybe more than anything to just scare people into thinking, and that's, I think, in a lot of places, like in the United States, that's what's going to be done, is that they'll insinuate and imply and threaten, if you don't do this, we'll have to make it mandatory. But when you don't do it, it's not mandatory. There are loopholes to get out of it, first of all. And then what happens if they don't make it mandatory? A lot of people that otherwise wouldn't get it are going to get it because they think it is mandatory or that it's going to become mandatory. That's what happens. Oh, they're going to make it mandatory, so I might as well just get it now. Get it over with. Get it out of the way. I thought this was an interesting article here. COVID-19 is not the only thing keeping Americans out of movie theaters. You ever been to a movie theater? I'm sure you've been there a couple times. In an online poll... 81% of over 1,000 adults said they had not been to a movie theater since before March when widespread lockdowns began. That group of respondents was asked why they haven't gone to a theater. 
even when theaters reopened in their area. In a multiple-choice question, 56% of people said concerns about getting COVID-19 are keeping them away from the theater. 20% said they fear the theater would not be cleaned well enough. And 12% said they don't want to wear a mask while watching a movie. And those are all pandemic-related reasons. I thought there was some irony there because, one, when you go to a movie theater if you didn't know this, and you purchase the popped corn or you purchase the soft drink or the snow caps or the nacho cheese chips with the little green dyed jalapeno peppers or you purchase a Slurpee, slushy, uh, or you purchase a churro uh, or you purchase raisinets uh, or you put large amounts of butter on already buttered popcorn, or when you pour a container of salt onto that popcorn or fake cheese onto that popcorn, or when you go back for seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths and you do that with a jumbo bucket and a jumbo drink, that's why you're sick. (laughs) But people are terrified. Oh no, I can't go to the movie theater. I could get the virus. Um... You you go to the movie theater, just don't eat that stuff, and you probably won't get sick. But the other thing I thought was really funny about this article was it said they fear the theater would not be cleaned well enough. Have you ever been to a movie theater when the lights are on? Or have you ever dropped something and go to reach for it, and you stick your hand and ah, what was that? I think I just stuck my hand in something gooey. You have a napkin? I want to go to the bathroom. You're going to miss this part. I've got something all over my hand. I can't sit here with this goo on me. Or you, you know, you don't have to reach for it, but you turn that phone light on and you look and it's just, it's like, it's horrific. It's disgusting. But nobody was concerned about the popcorn or the churros or the soft drinks or the Slurpees and the slushies and the nerds ropes and the raisinets and the snow caps and the malted milk balls and the Skittles and the M&Ms and the nacho cheese and the green dyed jalapeno peppers and the, and what I'm sure are non GMO, very organic corn chips that go along with that. And you're not concerned about a movie theater. That's just, most of them are filthy and disgusting the way that it is because people just are freaking animals when they go to a theater. It seems like, uh, you never done that. Never paid attention to any of that, but now there's a pandemic. Oh, my God, it's not the popcorn or the raisinets. It's COVID-19. It's everywhere. It's in the screen. It's in the seats. It's in the cup holders. Oh, my God, it's in the bathroom. Are they cleaning these theaters well enough? Dude, are you kidding me? Are they cleaning these theaters well enough? I don't think they ever clean these theaters. They're freaking disgusting. All these movie theaters I've been to, I've been to like maybe one that wasn't totally repulsive. Like I used to just, I had, I would like, I took my, I would take my hat off or my, my jacket off and I just hold it on my lap. Like I was very uncomfortable and I would just like sit and I don't want my pants. I could make sure my pants don't, they don't go anywhere over the edge of the seat. And I would just sit there very stiff (laughs) watching a movie because I don't want any kind of material on my body to like seep over into the crevice where there's God knows what. So I thought that was was just kind of a, a humorous article. People are really concerned. Oh, they're not cleaning the theaters properly. What do you mean they're not cleaning the theaters properly? I don't care how spick and span it is. 
You're eating buttered, genetically modified popcorn with fake cheese, and you're washing it down with HFCS food coloring soda or pop for some of you or soda pop for others. And you're finishing with a box or two of Mike and Ike. That's why you're sick. It's ridiculous. What are you talking about? It's not clean enough. Jesus Christ, it's disgusting. Yeah, going to the movie is fun. Yeah, eating popcorn is 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 fun. You can make it at home and you don't have to eat that stuff. But Jesus Christ, people are that that's the epitome of the problem right there. And the only thing that makes it more clear and obvious is that 98% of flu cases have vanished this year. All of them gone. 98% down. Why do you think that is? But my favorite article, I sent this to, to Don and David as well, uh, from who uh, the, the authors who wrote the book, What Really Makes You Ill. It's a USA Today article. I've linked it up at www.thesecretteachings.info. And, and you really want to go look this thing up because it's, it's, uh, it's pretty stunning. <laughs> Here's what the article says. It says a cold, a flu, a COVID-19, whatever it is, how their symptoms are similar and different. Cold and flu season is here, so how to know how uh, so know how these illnesses compare with COVID nineteen? Hmm. With COVID nineteen converging with cold and flu season, feeling apprehensive about getting sick this fall or winter, excuse me, dark winter, is completely understandable. The overlap of certain symptoms can initially make it hard to know whether your fever or sore throat indicates a common cold, the flu, or COVID-19. The viruses that cause these illnesses are different. I didn't know viruses caused the cold. Viruses cause colds. And knowing how to distinguish among them can help you feel more prepared to weather any infections that come your way. I thought a cold was, was the opposite of an infection. We're making up things as we go. Because some of the symptoms of the flu overlap with those of COVID-19, you should always consult your doctor as a first resource. Diagnostic testing can help determine which virus is present. I'm, I've never, ever had a virus test, whatever that is, for a cold. But here's what the USA Today says. Be sure to pick up some Advil, a trusted over-the-counter pain medication. And I can't, I can't read the rest of that. You know why? Because that is an advert for Advil, is what that is. And they just throw it into the USA Today article. That's all that it is. Advil paid them a bunch of money, I bet. And they're like, sure, we'll slip that into an article. We've got a story about the cold and the flu and the COVID-19. And uh, we'll throw that in there. Below is a list of handy home guides to get you through these sicknesses, try Advil. It's been trusted over the counter for decades. Well, um, what exactly does Advil do and what is it trusted to do? That would be like saying rat poison, trusted since 1917. Okay, trusted to do what? Kill rats? Or if I ingest it, do I die? 
You know, this is the wordplay. It's nonsense. Here's what they say, though. If you have a cold, here are the symptoms. Are you ready for this? Stuffy or runny nose. (gasps) Sneezing. Achiness. Scratchy throat. Coughing. Headaches. I can tell you right now by counting these. One, two, three, maybe four. But at least three of the six um, I get when I leave my window open on a cold night. I get a stuffy nose, I sneeze, I have a scratchy throat, and sometimes I'll cough. And if I don't get enough sleep that night, then I'm achy, and I might get a headache if I lay there worrying about if I'm going to get sick. So I, I pretty, you pretty much get the symptoms of a cold from leaving your window open. And then that's what people usually say. Oh, there's a draft in here. I didn't wear my jacket. I've caught a cold. You didn't catch a cold. You're experiencing a cold. And your body is naturally detoxing. That's what it's doing. Like my son gets a cold. First one in almost two years. And I understand like there are things that can lessen the fever or the pain. If there is any pain. But I was like, he didn't catch a cold. His body's detoxing. That's all that it's doing. And he's probably not going to have another detox for a while because he's clean. He doesn't eat trash. He's not like consumed with television. So he's fine. Let him play. He's fine. You're not a doctor. Well, you haven't read a damn thing. I'm not even going to get into it. Flu is a little different, but it's pretty much the same. You get uh, weakness, uh, scratchy throat. Chills. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, chills. That's a different one. Coughing, stuffy, runny nose, muscle aches, fever, not present in all flu sufferers. So literally, there's coughing, muscle aches, runny nose. That's three, uh, four, uh, five, uh, six. Six of the eight symptoms of the flu are essentially the cold. The only difference is you will get a fever sometimes and chills. Uh, And when you have a cold, you can get chills too. So basically the flu and the cold are the same exact damn thing. It's not a virus for the flu, I would suggest, based on this information. COVID-19, a little different. Here's what they say COVID-19 is. Fever or chills. That's the flu and the cold. Headache, flu and the cold. Difficulty breathing or shortness of breath. That can sometimes be the flu or the cold, but that's not necessarily uh, unique to them. Coughing and fatigue, and aches, all those are the cold and flu. Uh, sore throat, cold and flu. Uh, headache, uh, cold and flu. Uh, the only thing that COVID-19 is different from, or different, different is it is is differential in relationship to these other ones, uh, it's different, is difficulty breathing, vomiting, or nausea. But these are only symptoms of COVID-19 because they've been reported alongside of people who have died in car wrecks or they have died in gunshots, uh, having a gun, have been shot, or they've died from, you know, uh, the flu, maybe, and they don't put them in the flu category. So people like, maybe you ate a really bad sandwich last night. You have some diarrhea. That's a symptom. How How is this, like, who takes this seriously? You sleep with your window open. You wake up coughing, a little fatigued because you didn't get enough sleep. Muscle aches, body aches, fever and chills. Maybe you have a headache, you didn't sleep right, sore throat. Maybe you lose your taste of taste or smell. Or you lose your your sense of taste or smell. Sometimes that happens. I mean, basically, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten symptoms of COVID, 
and you can get like seven of them from leaving your window open. It's absurd. But they say seek medical attention if any of the emergency symptoms occur. These are emergency symptoms. The safety lecture continues. Confusion. I'm very confused reading this list, so I have a symptom right there. Blush, face, or lips. Huh. You could be horny. Trouble breathing. Well, that could also be a sexual thing, but trouble breathing. Well, it's funny because if you have trouble breathing or chest pain, that usually has to do with a heart attack. And guess who dies more than any other group of people every day? Now, it's people that are dying from heart disease, strokes, heart attacks. Uh, and that is uh, about 1,600 a day die from those things. So if you die, chest pain, can't breathe, go to the hospital, you die of heart attack, boom, it's a COVID death, and now chest pain and trouble breathing are symptoms of COVID-19. That's how it works. It's magic. Want to see a magic trick? Inability to wake up or stay awake. Uh, that's called burnout syndrome, uh, laziness, lethargy, apathy, and sometimes it's because you're just tired. It's an emergency symptom. Like, I'm tired all the time. That's not an emergency symptom. Blush, face, or lips has got to be my favorite, though. Like, literally, literally, you're, like, about to have sex with someone. You've got the face mask on, all right? And you, you're, you've totally separated each other, you know, with, with like, a piece of plexiglass, and you've made, like, a glory hole in the plexiglass. And uh, then, you know, you kiss. Maybe you try to kiss through the plexiglass. I don't know. But if that turns you on... Usually men and women, especially women, they go flush in their face because all the blood goes to other places in the body. This is what happens when a man gets an erection. You get a blush face, blush lips. How is that a symptom of COVID-19? This is the most absurd, ludicrous, fraudulent, pseudoscientific shit I have ever seen in my life. And I think that all of you can concur with me because this affects all of us in every country, all over the planet. That's what makes it so absurd. They're selling you this idea based on flush lips. They're selling you this idea based on coughing. (coughs) They're selling this idea based on diarrhea. They're selling this idea based on a sore throat. It's not like visible symptoms either. It's not like leprosy. It's not like, you know, even smallpox. It, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a cold. It's a flu. It's a detox your body is going through. It's basically your body saying, let's regenerate a little bit. Let's get rid of the old stuff, bring in the new stuff. And what does your body do when it gets rid of stuff? It expels it through the body. You get the little rashes or you get pustulates or you get something going on like that. And then you get things that come out of the body and, oh, no, it's a virus. It's not a virus. It's genetic material. It's in the body. That's the definition of the word virus, something that comes out of the body and it's some kind of noxious substance. And if you take it out of the body and put it in somebody else, then, yes, it's transmissible transmissible as a viral particulate. What school did you go to? Did you go to? Did you take an immunology class? Did you take a virology class? No, I just read the same books these people read. Well, you don't have a degree. Well, I know more than the doctors. Apparently, I think that this information is empowering. I think that this information is important. I highly recommend you go look this up at www.thesecretteachings.info. It's under the top news tab right there for you. And if you have any questions, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's all that you have to do, rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. Check it out. I have purchased a new mixing board. 
Um, I'm in the process of determining if I need to really get a, a new desktop computer. I, re- I just bought a, 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 a screen that I've hooked into an old laptop. I'm hoping that that works. Um, but this show costs a little bit of money, not a lot. And if you'd like to support us, you can subscribe to the archive. That gives you access to the shows, to download and stream, the montages as well. There's a montage archive and my digital books. If you'd like to buy the books separately, you can find them at www.thesecretteachings.info with all of the reviews by people uh, from Clyde Lewis to Kev Baker to Mark Devlin to Leo Zagami, uh, Jim Mars. When he was alive, he reviewed one of the books. It's all there on the website. It supports us, you, and the network, The Fringe FM. That's what you're listening to, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. This is The Secret Teachings, and this is that United Nations uh, New World Order song. Uh, And all this because of uh, flush faces and coughs. Stay safe, stay informed. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast www.thesecretteachings.info uh, This is not a pun or a joke or some satire. This is a real thing that produced by the UN. As long as you do what Bill Gates says. I gotta cut it again. This is like the most insane brainwashing on a global scale that has ever been attempted. And it's massively successful because people are terrified of learning what's true. And they're terrified of the paper tigers. And when they try to address that, what happens is they're painted as a villain, as someone who wants to hurt others. And it's just, it's nonsense. Don't consent, don't conform, don't participate, don't acquiesce. That confidence alone will propel you forward. But when you know, when you're aware, when you have the information to back it up, and when you understand how the manipulation works, the words, and the Yale University study to manipulate to get take vac- to take vaccines, then you are immensely powerful beyond anything these people try to do to you. And that, my friends, is positive. And that, my friends, is not a dark or negative thing. That empowers you, not anybody else. Sovereignty, life, liberty, and the ability to pursue happiness. 